Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by Whoop, the personalized digital fitness and health coach. John John and Nathan Florence have both been using Whoop for over three years now to balance their training both in and out of the water. Now, Whoop is introducing the all-new Whoop 4.0, the latest, most advanced fitness wearable on the market. Monitor your recovery, sleep, training and health, personalized recommendations and coaching feedback with Whoop. Train smarter, recover faster, sleep better and now feel healthy with Whoop. The all-new 4.0 is smaller, smarter and designed with new biometric tracking including skin temperature, blood oxygen and more. The device also features an all-new smart alarm designed to wake you up feeling refreshed and ready to take on the day. Plus, it will design with their Anywhere technology, so you can wear it with their Whoop body sensor enhanced technical garments. The all-new Health Monitor dashboard gives you a big picture look at your overall health. Monitor key metrics like heart rate, resting heart rate, heart rate variability, skin temperature, and blood oxygen levels. Plus, see improvements in irregularities and vital signs over time. You can even export 30-day health trends to share with your coach, trainer, PT, PCP, or physician. The all-new waterproof device is free when you sign up for a Whoop 4.0 membership. For any members, if you have six months left of your membership on your account, you can upgrade now and get the 4.0 for free. And right now, Whoop is offering 15% off when you use the code BEACHGRIT at checkout. Go to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P.com, and enter B-E-A-C-H-G-R-I-T at checkout to save 15%. Hello and welcome to Dirty Water, where honey is sucked from even the driest fig, a tragic comedy where everybody is welcome. Today's guest on this, our 45th episode, is the breakout Latinx star of ABC's The Ultimate Surfer. He is a 34-year-old from Puerto Rico and at Surf Ranch, jackknife Taylor Knox-esque cutbacks and chewed bits sucked Nord and stabbed his way almost to victory in the much-loved reality show. After a succession of foxy high-fashion nymphs in his wild youth, he settled on the strikingly unique model and Miss Universe contestant Mia Blackman Gomez, a rich, ripe, radiant apricot. He has a wide chest, which becomes dewy with sweat after his morning push-ups, a lean jaw, long, powerful fingers, and a strong chin, which he calls his pussy catcher. Today's <laughs> guest, Alejandro Moreira. <laughs> Woo! Hey, that was the that's the best intro I've ever had in my entire life. Derek, thank you so much. Uh, it's a true pleasure, honor to be on your guys' podcast. I'm a huge fan. I love Beach Grit. I love how you guys really go deep and uh, don't give a fuck about what anybody thinks. So it's a true honor being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, I couldn't be more stoked. Oh, uh, thanks for being here. So, so Ali, tell me, is it true Eric Logan, the WSL CEO, lost $10,000 betting against you in your first surf-off against Luke um, Davis? So when we did the surf-off, uh, it was crazy. So we do the surf-off, and the next day we had a day off. So in that day off, we were, like, cruising around on the Lemoore Ranch. We actually got to go the, to the side where everybody goes to, and there was whispers of how – Eric Logan lost 10 G's because he bet against me. He, 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 I guess he was, he was betting for Luke to beat me. 
which is not a bad bet if you ask me like luke is an amazing surfer i really th i thought luke was definitely one of the standouts for sure so when i heard that i was like what and i think it was crazy because i think it was a pool from the jet ski guys i think jet ski james his name is jet ski james had money in that in that uh in that bet and i think a couple of the other guys as well so when i heard that i was like wow he lost 10 g's because he bet, bet against me are you kidding me i'm I'm killing it. I love this. This is this is what it's all about. Like I'm also psyched. Is do, do you think Eli has a gambling problem to, to drop ten Gs on a, um, a heated surface? I I I can't say if it's a hundred percent sure, but I think he really thought it was a sure bet. You know what I mean? I think he he I think he gave me like a weird hug when I saw him after that. He was like. I think he just made me lost 10 G's. Um, we're going to hug it out, but it was like a weird hug. <laughs> How much is Elo's salary if he's dropping 10 G's on one, one surf off? Derek, what do you think his salary is? I think he's on 750. 750. Wow. He's really well <laughs> off. Shit. I want to work for the, for, for the WSL. <laughs> You're the CEO. Uh, I know, I know, I know. I should, I should send him a text, like, "Hey, is there a Latin uh, little job in there where I could talk Spanish or anything? Pay me fifty k. I'm down. I'll move to LA." How good? How good's that? How good's fifty k salary and you'd move to LA? That's so good. Why are you for beach grit? You can, you can cover the tour. You can take over Long Tom's job. <laughs> I'm down for whatever, man. Right now, I, I. Uh, I'm just keen to work, man. I, I love surfing and I'm down to work for whatever it is to make some money on the side. I have my, I do surfing classes. I got my surf Academy, which is called surf with a pro. And that's pretty much my bread and butter right now. That's where I make my living off right now. It, it's ironic that, um, you know, you're on the uh, ultimate surfer at surf ranch and Chaz right now is in the car driving to Lemoore to surf surf ranch. <laughs> are, you, are you psyching Chaz? Are you psyching? Um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I did before Derek and I actually surfed it together. Uh, how long ago was that, Derek? Two years, maybe three years ago? Four years ago. Um, four years? Wow. Time flies. Yeah. So I'm excited to get another crack. Uh, give me some tips. Give me some hot tips just coming off it. So, sorry. So last thing I heard is that they changed the wave, which used to be a CT2 which is the one that they used to do for the, for the WCT. They moved it now to CT3, which is, I guess it barrels, but it's a little bit more slopey where you can get more turns off. So I guess it's not too like sucked out and you're always like, kind of like on your heels. But my, my, the thing that I learned the most about that wave is you can never do a bottom turn. You're basically surfing. So trying to surf just in front of it. It's so much faster than, what anybody thinks it is, which is amazing. When I, when I got there and I, we, I don't know if you guys know, but we never had a chance to really practice. I had five new boards. I just got there and they're like, so we're going to put everybody on a line and everybody's going to get the same wave and you're just going to take off and do one turn, maybe two turns and that's it. And then you're going to the, the show starts. And I was just like, are you kidding me? I don't even know what board to ride. I don't know how this wave moves. So in that sense, I always felt like Zeke and the people that had gone to the wave ranch had a huge upper hand compared to us. 
Anastasia said that, uh, yeah, told us the same, that nobody got a, nobody got a crack at it. Do you think it would have changed the show for the better if you guys would have actually been more prepared to surf it? I think there would have been be- better surfing. I think in the earlier stages of the, of the show, I think you couldn't really tell. You could tell that we were kind of struggling. There, it wasn't the best surfing. Like Kai Barger is definitely one of the best surfers I've ever seen in my life. And uh, he was struggling just because he can't, he couldn't get the tempo on the wave. He didn't even know what boards to ride. I gave him one of my magic sticks because he was like, dude, my boards are way too big. They feel ginormous. You know what I mean? So I was just like, try one of my boards. Maybe it, it works better. Who knows? And people were like tripping on me. Like what? You're, you're giving him one of your boards. Are you, are you, are you serious? And I was like, like, what if he beats you? And I was like, I don't, I don't really care. Whatever. If, if he beats me, then it was meant to be, you know what I mean? Then it was, that's, that's a roll of the dice. But if I could help a friend out, then I was, I was, I was down to help him out. It's good. You gave me a magic stick. Give him the magic stick. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of not right. <laughs> uh, what, what happens to Sir French stays at Sir French, huh? Yeah, what happens in Sir French stays at Sir French. Kai, Kai, wake up. I can't sleep. It's Ali. <laughs> Move over. Oh, brah. Oh, brah. No, brah, bra, never got that weird. <laughs> Did it get a little weird? Um, I would say it, it didn't get weird for the men, but definitely for the girls got really weird. The chicks ran the show, man. The chicks were definitely there. They're, they had the drama going. They had, they were so much more competitive than the guys. I would say we were just there to surf. You know, we were, we just wanted to win and, and um, get the 10 G's and the wild cards. That's, that's our, our whole deal. You know what I mean? But the chicks were just Malia and Tia were going at it. And so was Brianna and Anastasia that you could see, you could feel the friction for sure. What sort of things are they doing to each other? They were just always talking like, they're going into their corners and talking their little things. And it was crazy because from my perspective, you didn't know what was really going down. And then when, when I saw the show, I was like, holy shit, like these girls are really like scheming behind closed doors of how, how they really wanted the, to, the show to go on, you know what I mean? And how they were really like puppeting everybody and everything. Like, like I don't know if, if like the first surf off that we had, the first challenge, when Anastasia and Luke won, I knew exactly what was going to happen. I, I could, I could telegraph it from, from a mile away. Like, and I told you, I was like, this is what's going to happen. Anastasia is going to choose Zeke and Malia and Zeke and um, sorry, Zeke and uh, Kayla, I think it was. And Zeke and Kayla are going to choose Austin and Anastasia, Austin and Malia. I'm sorry, Austin and Malia. And since, the, there were better surfers and I understand that totally like uh, Zeke beat Austin and Malia beat Kayla, which was a good battle. It wasn't like that much. They, they're, they're good surfers, both of them, but you could tell that she, Anastasia wanted to help Malia. So those two, those two would end up in a super team, which was Malia and Zeke. God, women are so clever, aren't they? Yeah. Girls are way more clever than, than guys. Jesus. So um, um, uh, the, the, the dynamic between Malia and um, Tia was uh, pretty full on. And, and last week, uh, Malia told us that it was, um, Tia had been very unkind to her during a um, promo thing in San Clemente. Did you know the background? I had no idea about the background. 
that's crazy. When I saw you guys' show, it kind of it kind of put things in perspective, which was which was different. You know what I mean? I I had no idea. Like for me, Tia was just like the biggest sweetheart, and and uh, I, she just looked like she didn't ever wanted to ruffle any feathers or anything like that. So, from my perspective, I never really knew that they had all this beef going on from when they were really young. So it was it was really crazy to hear your guys' interview with Malia. Did you go, Chez? Did the show? Did the show make you? Like, did it give you a taste for reality television or television in general where you thought, okay, I want to go get into the Hollywood game and try more of this? Or did it turn you off from pursuing that? I think there's a bittersweet there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I, I definitely like to reach people, especially like the Latin community and uh, how I got to reach all these uh, young people that are coming into surfing. And, and that whole thing was cool. But man, like being part of a production that's that big was definitely crazy. You know what I mean? The pressure that brings just, just being in that limelight, waking up every morning, having 30 cameras on you 24 seven was crazy. Like one of the things that people probably won't understand is that you could, I couldn't talk to like Kai or Luke or Zeke or Austin or Malia or Tia just to talk about shit like talk to shit like hey how are you doing like all like what's going on like all oh, this challenge was so crazy no there was a person that would come in and be like hey you guys need to shut up you guys are on ice you guys can't talk about this stuff because we need to get this stuff on camera and that was so weird for me i was like wow like so like we had just gotten out of a five-day quarantine and we get there and we're like oh like oh you finally get to see people you know what i mean you want to talk I haven't seen you guys in so long. And next thing you're like, no, you can't talk to that person. Sit over there. And you felt like you were like a little kid in detention or something. So pretty much what you saw is what you got. Like everything was recorded. Or was it stuff that went down behind the scenes that people didn't see? I feel that there was a lot of stuff that wasn't on the show that I think the show would have maybe been a little bit better, like a little bit more raw. Like in the first challenge where we had to do that, that uh, uh, underwater uh, running with that, with the, with the weight, like we were going kind of nuts, like before, and we we're all doing like our like breathe ups and like getting all like trying to get all air in our lungs and stuff like that. And then when that challenge finished, Malia ran and started puking on one side, you know what I mean? And all that stuff, they didn't, they didn't put it in there. And there's other stuff, like other interviews that I thought I did that we're going to be in there that we're never in. But I understand T like once the show is on the TV, it's obviously what it has to be like a 40 minutes, you know what I mean? So they need to cut everything down. You know what I mean? But it would be, I, I talked to Kai Barger about that. Me and him are really good friends. It would be kind of sick if they did a longer version and maybe sold it to Netflix or something like that. And like put all that rawness in it and make it even a little bit more like raw and, and like more crazy. <laughs> Did you, did you get any, oh, sorry, Derek. No, no, did you, you get any, uh, any career opportunities or any, anything new out of my life? Man, uh, to tell you the truth, I haven't. Um, it was crazy because when I went to California, I was supposed to sit down with a manager and he was going to help me out. And uh, it was crazy. I, I feel so sorry for him. One of his best friends died and uh, we never got to, to talk. We never got to really start to get things moving. And it was crazy because when I got to California and I went to the WSL finals, 
there were so much people that knew my name and knew who I was and, and wanted to take pictures with me. And I was just like, I, I have never felt that in my career. So it was, for me, it was so surreal. I was like, whoa, like, like this show really did do something. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm from Puerto Rico. We live on a super small island. So a lot of people saw the show, but it, it wasn't like something huge. When I got to California and I got to witness how big the show was in California, I was like, I was overwhelmed. I was like, wow. Like I saw Sky Brown, which I think is definitely one of the best athletes that the world is is having right now. And I mean, one of the best skaters, uh, uh, amazing surfer. And I, I, when I get to the WSL finals, my girlfriend sees her and uh, she's like, oh, we should take a photo with Sky. And I'm like, oh, let's do it. When I'm on my way to Sky to take the photo, she busts out her phone and she's like, can I take a photo with you? And I was like, are you kidding me? I just came all the way over here to ask you for the photo. You know what I mean? And uh, and then I saw Bethany Hamilton, which I think is definitely one of the most influential surfers in the world. And she was like telling me how much she loved me on the show and and how she 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 was rooting for me. So when when I got all that feedback, I was like, wow, like this is amazing. But from like job opportunities, new sponsors, I still haven't gotten anything that I'm like, wow, like like this is really changing my life. You know what I mean? Like it's definitely helped my business, my surf academy, uh, where, where more people want to learn how to surf. And, and that's super cool. But as, as a job perspective, it, it hasn't really changed. Is it true that you dropped your only sponsor thinking you get a bunch of offers after the ultimate surfer? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Cause we, I think everybody that was on the show really thought that this thing was going to skyrocket that, it, that we were going to get like a hundred thousand followers, 200,000 followers. People are going to make the million followers just like bachelor did or whatnot. And, uh, that's not the truth. That's not what happened. You know what I mean? And, uh, I feel like nowadays, like if you don't have a, a, a hundred thousand K followers, 200,000 K followers, you're pretty much not worth it, which is the weirdest thing in the world. You know what I mean? Like, I think surfing should be categorized or, or you should be sponsored for the type of person you are, obviously the, the surfing that you give, but more than anything, the people that you inspire. So for me, it was, yeah, it was kind of bittersweet because I really thought that, yeah, I was going to get the 100K followers, 200K followers. And, oh, I was going to get calls from Quicksilver, Billabong, Ruka, uh, Red Bull. You know what I mean? All this, I did my head in so much thinking about different things that were going to happen and nothing's happening. I'm just like, oh, okay, well, I guess I got to keep giving surf lessons. <laughs> were, you, were you spending the money in your head before you got it? Yeah, I spent a lot of money on the crypto. I was when I when I was listening into Malia's interview, I was like, "Yeah, uh, she's killing it, but I'm not killing it yet." <laughs> I I threw a bunch down into Cardano, which I I think is is going to be something good in the future. Hopefully, fingers crossed. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, I spent a lot of money in that. I spent a lot of money in things that I wasn't supposed to, and I dropped my only sponsor, thinking I was going to get a bunch of other opportunities and I'm, I'm still waiting for them. Derek, help me out. Help me out with some followers. Chaz, help me out with some sponsors. I need help. Easy. Beachcrest. Beachcrest is a wealth of everybody loves Beachcrest, especially popular <laughs> right now. <laughs> very, very popular. So did you, um, did you uh, call your old sponsor back and say, you know what? 
I'll take that $2,000 a year. No, no, no. I'm, I'm holding strong. I'm holding strong. I say I'm, um, you know what I mean? My, um, I'm growing my business. Uh, it, it's, it's still not going big, but it's, it's, it's doing all right. And, uh, you know what I mean? Having a sponsor too, it makes you have all these obligations that maybe you don't want to do them, but you have to. So having, having that liberty of doing whatever the hell I want and, uh, just focusing on my business is, is, is good as well. So I'm no regrets there, but you know what I mean? I, I thought I was going to get like sponsors up the yin yang and it hasn't really happened. Something or something up the yin yang, huh? Yeah, oh, something like yeah. <laughs> anything, you know what I mean? Airbnb, Visa, whatever you want, dude. Ray Bands or whatever. What where's the CBD brands, man? I see they sponsor everybody nowadays. <laughs> I can't believe you only got 14,300 followers. No, I you see that I know it's crazy. It's, me and Kai talk about this all the time. We we're like, why are we not in like the hundred thousands and like and then there's, the, you know what I mean, Julie, which is another concession. I think she's in like the 90K. Malia is all, almost in the 100K. Tia has like half a million followers. Zeke has, I don't know, like 100 and something. Koa is huge on the social media game. So I was just like, oh, can I piggyback ride on something like this? You know what I mean? You know what the girls have got followers though. I, you know, <laughs> but, hmm, there's a lot of uh, creepy comments in those uh, girl accounts. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You could, yeah, and I guess, I guess Tia has had some some weirdos stalking her on the Instagram. So, yeah, Anastasia too. She's got. Uh... Yeah, I see. She's got the the one million followers, so she has had to have some weirdos and the DMs. There's no doubt about it. And she got to talk to to uh, Dana White, which I was like, I was like, shit, like, why can't I get alive with Dana White? But I guess I just had like, I don't know, 10k followers in in that moment. So I don't think he was going to pay attention to me, but I, I love, I love what he's done with UFC and, and I love the sport of MMA. So I was just like, uh, get, get me in there. Oh, good. We can talk about fighting. Are you, um, are you thinking of getting into MMA? No, I actually, <laughs> it's going to sound pretty funny. I actually, I love uh, boxing. That's pretty much my, my second hobby. Like not my second hobby, my hobby, because surfing is my job, but, uh, and uh, just eight months, no, 10 months ago. Now I was, uh, sparring with my, with my brother, which he's a, a great fighter as well. And we we were kind of getting into it. We were like socking each other and, uh, uh, he came and attacked me and I was walking backwards or, you know what I mean? Try to fend him off. And I slipped on the canvas and tore my ACL, my meniscus. So I was, I've been out of the water for the last eight months and now I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get into it. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah, but who's, the, who's, the, who's the great uh, Puerto Rican boxer? The guy who beat uh, De La Hoya? Oh, oh, Tito Trinidad. Yeah, Trinidad. Oh, that Trinidad was a good fight. Was, Trinidad was, a, was, he's still to this day the biggest legend ever. It was crazy. Every time you'd win and uh, pretty much when you would show up to the airport, I'm not kidding you, the whole island would stop. The whole island would stop. Everybody would go go greet them at the airport, and you could not even get close to the airport because the airport, all the freaking highway was locked, gridlock. Like people doing like wheelies on their motorcycles, like people doing peel offs, like like everybody was just going off. He's he's the biggest legend. I've met him before because he's into um, cockfights, and my dad, that's 
that's my dad's passion. My dad's into super into cockfights and all that shit. And the magic sticks. And the magic sticks. Well, I have my, I do, I do an event for, for little kids and it's called Los Gallitos, which in other words would be the little cocks. (laughs) (laughs) How do you say, how do you say it again? Los Gallitos. Los Gallitos. Los Gallitos de Ale Morel. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I started doing it with Billbong when I was 24 and we've been doing the events or 23, we've been doing the event for like 10 years. It was kind of like the same thing that uh, Andy and uh, Shane Doran have back at their hometown, at their hometown. Like, I think uh, Andy has the pine trees, um, and Hoonies, I can't, I can't remember what the name was. And I don't think Andy does it anymore. Well, I think his brother does, right? Or, yeah, or, or no. does. yeah, Andy's, Andy's not around. Yeah, I think, not yeah. <laughs> hey, tell, tell I, us about cockfights and your dad's um, passion for cockfighting. I've been to a few of my time in the Philippines and in various places and uh, yeah, very exciting event. Dude, my dad is so into, into cockfights. Like he, he's a breeder. He, uh, he's super into the bloodline and all that stuff and how like basically like you you create this this amazing cock and then he has to like go and like have sex with all these other chickens and then let's see how this new wave of of uh little cocks is going to come out if they come out shitty and they don't fight they have to kill the whole thing which is pretty gnarly but it's crazy how he has like i'm not joking like derek and Chaz, he has a book like this big with every single cock that he's had no joke. And uh, here in Puerto Rico, it's like, it's part of the culture. It's, it's, it's part of, of being a Puerto Rican. You know what I mean? Like, like he's been breeding them and fighting them since he was like 16 years old. Wow. So, so, so tell, so tell me when, um, so you get the cock and you put on the blades and the, on that the sounds good. Or no, we don't. So in, in, uh, in um, Manila, in uh, the Philippines, they use blades here in Puerto Rico. They use like, it's like a, how would you say, like a, like a pick. Like it's like it's like a, they don't use blades. It's like a, how would I describe it? It's like a, like a, fuck, I always say like a like a nail kind of, and they strap it into the cock, and it's crazy because they use it different ways. If the cock jumps a lot, they put it downward. If the cock doesn't jump that that much, they put it upwards. So it's like it's it's a full on like thing and it's crazy i we have like full-on stadiums over here like no joke like a full stadium like people like are have like seats all around it like it's kind of upward like the the like the ogs the guys that have been doing it for a while they have like their own space which is right in front it's it's crazy is is your dad sad when one of his prize cops goes down uh he's not sad he's sad that he lost and he definitely lost some money but he, I think the most sad he'll get if he's if he throws a cock down and uh, the cock runs and he doesn't fight, because then then there he has to kill pretty much his that whole family, which is crazy. Whoa, that's that whole though. lineage has to they'll eat it or they'll or they'll probably kill it. Holy shit! Yeah, it's 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 crazy, uh, and it's crazy because when you get there, it's like. Before the fight starts, they have the two cocks are like in the in the air and they're in this glass case. No joke. In this glass case, the blue and the red. 
right? And the, the like my dad's cock, it says Moreta and the other person that say it says Gomez, right? And they bring him down from the top and they get to the bottom. And it's like, da -da -dun, da -da -dun, and the freaking, they just let him off and the clock starts. It's, it's a full on like a boxing match. It's crazy. Do you think Eric Logan would have success in the cockfight betting game? <laughs> maybe, maybe a little bit better than the ultimate surfer, right? <laughs> <laughs> he should have played a bet against the Morita. I don't, I don't, yeah, he bet, he, he, he shouldn't have bet against the Puerto Rican. Oh, man. <laughs> it's always fixed. <laughs> it's always fixed with Puerto Ricans, are in it? Yeah, he didn't know what he was getting himself into. <laughs> hey, can, can a cock ever um, escape the battle wounded but not dead? Does it always have to die? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's so if if it's a really good fighter, he'll probably like they'll probably like almost die, but not die, and they'll just use that cock for breeding. He won't fight anymore. They'll just keep breeding that same lineage. Well, so there's a little fine line. So if you're a good fighter, but you don't die, you just get the fuck for the rest of your life. Yeah, you just get the fuck. If you're a good fighter and you're almost dying or you almost got killed, you just you just get into Narnia and you can just fuck for the rest of your life. Jesus. Speaking speaking of fucking, and I don't mean to be crude, but you have a um, you have a lovely girlfriend. Tell, tell us about her. Man, I just I just I don't know. I just got the best diamond in the world. I'm the luckiest man in the world. You got to meet her before Chaz got here. She's you just a Chaz. Ooh, she's a peach. Oh, man, I'm, I'm so happy for you all. I don't know how I got so I don't know how I got so lucky, man. I, guys, I I have no idea. Every day when I wake up in the morning and I see, I'm just like, wow, like how did I pull this thing off? Like, like it was crazy. She's she's ten years younger than me. She's a model, Miss Universe. Like she's she's an actress now. So I'm just riding her coattails. <laughs> You got, a good, you got a good personality. Personality goes a long way. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, it was, I don't know. I guess I, I tried because it's crazy because I told her uh, before we met, I told a friend of mine, I was like, she's going to be mine. You watch. She's going to be mine. And uh, it's crazy. We met in California. We met in California and uh, how we met was crazy because I was always, I was telling, I was telling Derek before, I was always trying to hit on her. I would send her, it was before, kind of before Instagram was a big deal. Like I would send her messages of uh, a cat with a pizza, like, oh, you, do you want to have some pizza? And then she wouldn't answer. And then do you prefer donuts? And there was a cat with a donut. It was like emoji with a cat with a donut. And I would never get a reply. And I was just like, damn, like I'm really striking out right here. And uh, out of the blue, I'm um, in California for the summer, which I would always go to California in the summers because Puerto Rico, the ways are flat. So out of the blue, I get a, I get a DM. Oh, you're in California. What are you doing? Uh, and I was like, what? Oh my God. Like, she, I guess she wants. Uh, and I was telling Derek before I, our first date, I took her to Lowers. And she was like, oh, where are you taking me? And it's like, well, you wanted to go to the beach. I want to go surf. So, but I thought like, the, the walk down the lowers, the trek, like it, it would give us like a good time to talk and like know each other. So I guess, yeah, we had a really good time. And then from then on, we, we started to hit off and we started to hang out more and more. And, and now she lives with me. <laughs> Maybe yeah. soon. You know, how, long, how long have you guys been together? 
I think it's, uh, we're going into six years. Oh, wow. So she was 12 when you met her. <laughs> <laughs> funny come guy. Who the oh, funny come guy? Come on, man. You're killing me. She was 13. She was 13, goddammit. I'm in Puerto Rico. <laughs> 30. Well, I, so I was, I was 30, and uh, I thought she was actually older. I thought she was like 20-something. And she was actually 19, which was, I was kind of tripped out when she actually told me her age. I was like, you're 19, you're not, you're not 20. And she's like, I thought you knew this. And I was like, no, I had no freaking idea. You look way older than 19. So I was kind of, I was kind of weird. Way older than 30? <laughs> when I shave, I look younger. When I got my beard, I got, I look, I look older. <laughs> so um, are you going to put a ring on it? Probably. <laughs> yeah, she's she's a diamond, man. I, I'm I'm blessed that that uh that I got that I got to meet her, and uh, it's it's uh super cool when you got a chick that's kind of like in your same kind of vibe. You know what I mean? Like she she models. She she understands what it is to work outside the the working atmosphere from the nine to five. She she enjoys going to the beach. She she actually likes to surf. So it's 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 just a good vibe and, and a good time that I got to meet her. Mainly that she's hot as fuck though, huh? What? Mainly though that she's hot as fuck. <laughs> oh yeah, she's got a great personality. She uh, we do lots of things together. We have a great time, dude. She's <laughs> no, she's 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 a, she's an eleven. She's an eleven. She's she's have you have you ever seen that thing about the about the unicorn? You know, that guy that's like measures like if the girl's a psycho or or she's like uh, not that good looking, but she's she does good in bed. And and then there's the ones that are unicorns. And if you get a unicorn, you have to grab it and you have to study it. Have you ever seen that shit? No, I haven't. Should oh, I, dude. Should I get Sounds yeah, good. You got to check it out. You got to check it out. It's 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 freaking hilarious. Hmm. Unicorns. So you've got a unicorn, huh? I got I got myself a unicorn, so I I grabbed it. I'm I'm studying it, and uh, I'm gonna give you some more info. Is it one of those situations where you wake up in the morning and go, "God damn," and she wakes up and goes, "God damn." <laughs> you know what? My my <laughs> this is a funny one. My dad always told me the most funniest thing in the world when I was growing up. He's like, Alejandro, you know what? I've never gone to sleep with a girl that's not hot but i've woken up to many <laughs> that's a uh, it's a common refrain isn't it <laughs> like he's uh but yeah, yeah i wake up every morning and i see her face and uh yeah it's uh, i'm blessed what can i say boys it's uh it's a blessing bro i guess it, it, gets, you, it gets you inspired to wake up and and get to work and uh and freaking go to town. I bet, I bet you do. Fucking hell. <laughs> I guess your um I guess your uh, dad's pretty happy anymore. He doesn't wake up with a cock next to him, huh? Yeah, no, no. My dad, my, my dad, my dad. You you would love to hang out with my dad, dude. He was like one of those guys that that uh he would be hanging out and chicks would be calling. Oh, I'm hanging out with your dad. Where are you? He's the best guy ever. Get over here. And I would get there to the party and he already had everything set up for me and it was like dad what are you doing here he's like i'm having a great time guys what can i say so my dad's like one of those guys that you would have a beer and you would like you would have a hell of a time 
So your dad's actually a lawyer and your mum's a psychologist. Yes, yes. And and you wanted to become a pro surfer, which probably wasn't in their uh, their pl- initial plans for you, huh? Not at all. It was my dad was supportive. He he wasn't some that type of supportive dad that was like at the beach videoing you and like being there and all that stuff. But monetary monetarily wise, he was there. He would help me out to get to contests or get boards. But my mom was actually the one that was like not having it not having it at all. Like it basically took me a year to convince her to, to convince her to let me surf. Like, like back then, I think in the nineties surfing, at least in Puerto Rico was uh, viewed as a sport of drugs, drug dealers. Like, like you were not going to do anything with your life. You're going to be a hippie or you're going to be into drugs or all this stuff. So when I told her I wanted to surf, she was like, Nope not happening. That's, that's not happening. When I told her I wasn't going to go to college and I was going to pursue the life of being a pro surfer, she was like, like you're cut off. Basically I'm, I'm not helping you out. Like, so from my perspective, like when I was really young, it was, I had very little support, you know what I mean? And I had to like learn from other, my other friends, my other, my peers, which was Dylan Graves, Brian Toth. And, uh, their families like took me in and brought me to do all these events, all these NSSAs back in Florida, California. I went to Hawaii because of them. Like, but it was, it was basically on my, my dad's dime, but my mom never knew anything about this. She was living in Boston. She had just moved to Boston and gotten married with a guy from, with a guy from Boston, which is her husband now. So I was pretty much lying to my mom the whole time about what I was doing. You know I mean, and it was, it was a, it was crazy. Did, did your mom watch Ultimate Surfer? Yeah. Now, now she's a big fan <laughs> and all her friends saw the Ultimate Surfer and they're like, Oh, Alejandro. Whoa. Like she was, she was definitely proud, but she's, she's definitely a very work ethic oriented uh, woman. You know what I mean? She, she came up from, I'm not a tough upbringing, but just like, I think in those times, like women did not, were not viewed as working women, you know what I mean? And she really took that to, to stride that she wanted to be a professional and, and uh, she was very straightforward that, that surfing was not a sport. It wasn't, it was just uh, like a hobby or, or something that, that people would do that weren't really into it, you know what I mean? So it was, it was hard, man. It was very hard. So, so when you came back with your uh, back to Puerto Rico with the towel between your legs, smashed by Zeke Lau and Ultimate Surfer, you lost your sponsor, no sponsor. She go, Alejandro, I tell you this, no surfing for you, my friend. Sorry, that's kind of Jewish. That's a bit Jewish, but but um, I'm sure I, she's not Jewish. They're supposed to be Puerto Rico. I can't be Puerto Rican. Puerto Rico, you gotta talk Spanish, Bobby. Yeah, you know, Puerto Rico. Like, yeah, it was yeah, always like New Jersey Jew. What's up, man? You know what? What are you talking about, man? <laughs> oh, no, man. My, my, uh, I never came home with my tail between my legs. Uh, Zeke might have smashed me, but for me, it was, I was, I was more than anything, dude. I was stoked. I was stoked that Zeke put me in that position time and time again. And that, uh, you know, what I mean, he thought of me as somebody that basically was one of his competitors. And uh, I was stoked, dude. Seek's one of the best surfers in the world. You guys can see the guy's 
smashing the, the Challenger series. So for me, which I have been out of the surf game, I haven't been traveling, I haven't been doing events, I haven't been been doing all these things to be like at that level where those guys are at and to be considered one of his competitors for me it was I was honored. I was like, dude, the the best surfer here and the ultimate surfer sees me as his competition and wants me out constantly. Beaming that that's that's as good as it gets. Do you do you think he saw you as his main competition or Luke? I think he saw me and Koa as his biggest oh, Koa too. I forgot about Koa. And uh, I think Kai, everybody knew that Kai, if he had that little bit of, of confidence, he could have beaten anybody because he's that talented. But yeah, I, I didn't know. I, it was crazy. When it finished, he came over to me and he was like, dude, I hope you understand that it wasn't personal. You know what I mean? And I was just like, nah, man, like you putting me in that situation made me the best I could have ever thought I could be in this ultimate surfing thing. So for me to be in that situation and getting put into that, that uh, surfer elimination rounds, I was just like, and coming out, I think I impressed everybody. I impressed everybody that was in the show and I impressed myself as well. So I think it made me a better surfer and it made me dig deep and believe in myself as well. So I was, I was psyched. Hey, I can, I can see that Chaz is driving into the sunset, into the uh, Lamore Desert. How's it going out there, Chaz? Got, can you hear me? I've got such spotty coverage that I'm following along the best I can, but it's very in and out. But I'm being inspired by Alejandro. Even the little ribs and grabs I get are inspiring. It is spotty, but there's a beautiful um, sunset bathing your yeah. uh, cherubic face. Does, does you make, does, are you missing it, Alejandro? Are you missing this beautiful vista? Dude, you look like you're glowing. Are you staying at, what is it called, the MH? Rest, uh, what's it called? The the hotel, exactly. H2, H2, MH, yeah, yeah, MH2. Is that where you guys quarantined? Yeah, that's where we quarantined, and it was the freaking weirdest thing ever. You could not leave your room for five days. We had to order stuff from DoorDash, and there was the shittiest food around there. It was, it was, you only had chilies. We couldn't go to In and Out, which was actually across the street, which I debated a couple times to sneak out. And um, it was crazy, dude. Being in a room by yourself for five days was like, I was like tripping out. I remember Keanu was actually one of the, he was like one of the replacements or he was like, uh, what do you say? Um, uh, what's it What's it called when, uh, when um, if somebody gets He's understudy. COVID, he understudy, was like, yeah. if somebody would have gotten COVID, he was, he was going to be the next guy in. And he was under me and I was, I was jumping rope and he, and he texts me. He's like, dude, are you fucking jumping rope? Like, is that you? And I was like, yeah, I have nothing to do here. I'm freaking losing my mind. I was trying to do all the types of, of workouts I could think about. Cause everything that was in my mind was like, I saw Shane Dorian before the ultimate surfer surfing that lowers. And he's like, dude, get your legs ready. Your legs are going to freaking feel like jelly. So I was trying to do anything I could with, with like leg workouts and shit like that. What about, um, there must've been a fair bit of phone sex happening back to Puerto Rico. Huh? Ah, you know it, Bobby. You know, I had to have oh, mommy, Chula, you know what I mean? <laughs> Skype sessions, you know what I mean? Like it was, you know, I, I need my love, man. I'm Latin baby. You know, I need, I need that fire. I need that love. I need that, 
that uh, we call it, we here we call it cariño, you know what I mean? Which means like, like, you know what I mean? Like you talk to baby girl, te amo mami, you know, I miss you. I, I te extraño, tú eres todo. So yeah, that was me pretty much. It was crazy when they took off our phones. I was like, I don't have a phone. Like what the hell? Like we didn't have a phone for a month, which was crazy. So you couldn't talk. Cool. To, so you couldn't talk to me for a whole month. Uh, I think they they gave us like one or two times to talk to our to our loved ones, pretty much. But it was like we pretty much had like five minutes. Jesus. Like they they had a person right next to you that was like listening to everything you're saying and like had you on a clock and pretty much were like. Like, okay, your time's up. You got to hang up. And I was like, fuck. But I just told her, te amo, te amo, te amo. I miss you. Te extraño. Like, everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. She was like, she, what are you fucking pussy? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking live that pussy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. So, so you're, you're, you're a passionate, fun-loving, good-looking guy who, who rips. Why is it so hard for Latinx surfers to get sponsored? Do you like being called Latinx, by the way? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely a Latino, you know what I mean? Like uh my first language is Spanish and uh yeah, I I I let the Latinx rather than Latina, Latino or Latina. I like Latin. Let, Latinx, okay. Next. Well I, I don't know, Derek and Jazz, it's uh it's uh weird how there's not that many Latin surfers sponsored and uh I talked to you before this and uh, it was one of the subjects that I wanted to touch on because like, I don't know if you know, but the Latinos, it's the biggest growing community in the US. And I feel like there's a huge niche right there that I feel companies are not attacking. And uh, and I feel like, like why is this not one of the things that, that they should have in their teams or or that they're, they should exploit or or they should, it should be part of their their teams, you know what I mean? And it's crazy. Like for me here in Puerto Rico, like I know a lot of brands make a lot of good money here. And do they, do they put it back in the, in the community? No. And I, I wish that would change. I wish, I wish uh, companies like the Quicksilvers, the Billabongs, the, the Rukas, the Volcoms would put more money into this Island because it makes money for them. There should be more events. There should be more, more team writers, there should be more ambassadors, more people that that actually promote the brand. You know what I mean? Instead of having your your white, blue-eyed, uh, blonde kid, you know what I mean? Or or your other Hawaiian or your other, you know what I mean? Like I think there should be more diversity. Yeah, less white devils, that's for sure. <laughs> less white devils. We hate the white devil. We we um we had a surf feminist on before and um yeah she was she was really down on the white devil. <laughs> the devil's lettuce <laughs> you're a you're next are you a person of color too uh my person of color yeah well i'm i'm pretty dark you know what i mean i'm not i wouldn't say i'm um uh super of color but yeah uh i i remember when i was when i was growing up and uh when i was uh going to all these surf events and uh even when i was sponsored by different events they were like oh Look at this Mexican, or, or oh, he's just a Mexican, or or oh, he's just a Puerto Rican, and and I was like, wow, like so that's how you guys think, you know what I mean? And it was kind of shell shocking. I'm not gonna lie, it was like, wow, like no, I'm dude, I'm Puerto Rican, you know what I mean? It's and I have nothing against Mexicans, I have nothing against any other Latin Latinos, and it was 
it was just weird. You know what I mean? Like every, every Latino heritage is different. Yeah. You, know, you, you got your Costa Ricans, like, like you have your Peruvians, you have your uh, Mexicans, you have, there's so many Latin surfers in surfing. And I don't think they, they get as much uh, attention as they should. So what are some of the Puerto Rican um, stereotypes that are true? What are some of the Puerto Rican stereotypes that are, that are true? We love to party. We love yeah. to have a good time. We were, we're really, I think when you meet a Puerto Rican, you're going to understand how much we love to show our culture, our way of life. And uh, when we meet somebody, we bring them in as family, not just as a friend, as family. So when you come to Puerto Rico, we'll treat you, we'll give our shirts off our backs, we'll give you our bed and sleep on the couch. So I think we're that type of people that really uh, embrace if you're, if, you're, if you're a friend, you're more than a friend, you're actually a family member. Yeah. What about, um, what about when people say to you that, the, um, that Puerto Rico has no beautiful beaches? <laughs> I just laugh, that's, that's, just, that's just ignorance. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's crazy. We, we love, we love to hang out, dude. I think we, we drink so much here. Like if you would, you, you got to come Derek, you, you would trip. Cause I know you're Aussie and you guys love to party and you guys love to have a great time. Like here we, we go out and, uh, I know ever, ever since this shit show of, uh, of pandemic, it's been kind of like changed everything part, but here people find any way to party till five, six in the morning. And we just love to have a good time. We, I think we're, we're very warm blooded people cause it's so warm here and we're very infectious. We like to grab on, we like to hug. We like to, I mean, you know what I mean? We're, we're, we're very, uh, not infectious, I guess, uh, affectionate. Is that the word? Yeah. Affection is good. Yeah. We're very affectionate. We're very, we're, we're just really, really just loving, caring people. You gotta come, Derek, and then, oh, and then, to. you you have uh you have a home here. Anytime you want to come down and you wanna want to surf, you want to party, you wanna have a good time. You you have open doors here, man. Like we say, mi casa es su casa. I like mi casa su casa. You know, so that's kind of our 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 thing. So so um, ultimate surfer is it a bust or a bang? For me. It's a uh, half and half for me. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a bang. Uh, Cause I've never felt that love from, from the people on my Island. I think thanks to ultimate surfer, the sport of surfing has definitely grown a lot. You know what I mean? There's more, more kids that want to surf, want to try a sport. And it, it, it's a, it's, it's cause of the show. It's because it was on TV. So it reached people that have never really seen surfing. And uh, to see a Puerto Rican and see one of theirs do so well in the event, it, it got them psyched to go surfing. So for me, it's bang. Uh, the bus part for me would say, where are the sponsors? Where, where, where do we go from here? Uh, um, is this, is, is it, I would love for people from around the world to be able to watch it. Can can you guys watch it in Australia? Uh, I had to get I had to get a VPN, and 
and then I couldn't sign up for um, something, but I could I could watch the episodes one week after they happened. But I, I just I just scroll straight to your bits. <laughs> but I feel like yeah, I feel like I feel like um, yeah, I feel like I would love for a lot of people around the world to watch it. You know what I mean? I know there's cringy parts and whatnot, but I feel it's it's made for mainstream media. You know what I mean? It's made for for people that that don't understand surfing and uh, probably would want to start watching it because they watch the show. So I feel that that that's a, a a good bang for sure. The best part for me would probably be that I didn't get the hundred k followers or or that I don't have all these sponsors knocking at my door to pay me good coin so I can keep surfing professionally. So, but apart from that, it's a bang. Cause I feel probably that people didn't know who I was. People now know who I am. I'm in, I'm in beach grid, bro. Like for me, that's, that's a win. You know what I mean? I would, I would never be on your show if I wasn't in uh, ultimate surfer. So to be here on your show, cause the ultimate surfer, it's a bang for me. That's, that's, that's pretty good. Can I, can I ask you some more about Puerto Rican stereotypes? Of course. Is it true that you want to be everyone's friend instead of enemy, except those of Dominican, Cuban, or Mexican extraction? No, that's not true. I have, dude, the per, the the woman that worked in my house was Dominican and she was family. So that's not true. And I have a bunch of Cuban friends. Any Latino that lives in Puerto Rico or that's Latino, I went to Cuba uh two years ago and they treated me like family that was one of the best trips i've ever done in my life and the, the people in cuba are beautiful like straight up and i have uh family members that are dominican so no that's that's not a true stereotype i feel that puerto ricans we love any other latino and any other person it doesn't matter skin race color that that shit don't matter we just we love people are the, are the people um are puerto ricans generally overweight or bone thin Oof, overweight. <laughs> Dude, we love we love greasy food. We love all all the stuff that we eat here is is straight up grease. We love we love uh we love fried food, man. We love uh we call here um what is it called? What's the name? Uh, uh pionos, which is like it's like fried uh como se llama? Let me ask my check. I'm I'm like brain dead right now. What about uh, what about a, a Puerto a Puerto Rican men loyal? Do they make good husbands? Well, that's a hard that's a hard question right there. I'm loyal, but uh, man, there's I gotta say the truth. There's Puerto Rican women are beautiful, man. I think if you'd come here and you'd meet a Latina, you would go crazy. And I don't know if you're married, but maybe you wouldn't be so. You know. <laughs> But yeah, Puerto Rican women are uh, strong, uh, fiery, spicy women, and uh, they're 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 beautiful. I saw there was this thing that came out. I can't remember if it was Forbes or it was Time Magazine that they said the most beautiful people are from Puerto Rico. Don't quote me if you can check it out. Well, I'd love question. to. Hear it. But I'm pretty sure it came out as study as Puerto Ricans because I feel that. We have a lot of mix. We, I'm not just saying we have a lot of mix. Like my parents, not my parents, but my, my ancestors are from Spain. And then you have people from all over Europe uh, that are coming, that came here to Puerto Rico. Then you have your American people that have come over as well. So there's, 
there's just so much mixture of different cultures here. Is there, is there an exaggerated masculinity amongst the men and a man and, the, and a Puerto Rican men, very hot tempered. Yeah, definitely, 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 definitely. It's uh yeah, it's a bravado thing. It's a, it's, it's a Latin thing. You know what I mean? How you're just like, Oh, like, I guess that if you saw the show, that was me on the show. You know what I mean? I, I told Zeke, let's go for a paddle off. And Zeke's like probably three feet, three feet bigger than I am. You know what I mean? And there was no way I could, I could beat him, but it was more of a ego bravado thing. You know what I mean? That I didn't really care. I was, that's my way. You know, that's the way of people here thinking my dad's short as hell. And he, I think he would, he would fight with anybody just cause that's his whole deal. How, how short are you? Or how tall are you? Or lack of tall? Uh, no, I think you say how short. I'm five six. Oh, yeah, you are quite little. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little unit. Are you, uh, why, why Puerto Rican men such good lovers? Or Puerto Ricans in general? Um, I think Puerto Ricans are such good lovers because we were warm. You know what I mean? There's, uh, the other day I was in California and they were saying how um, when you live in uh, warm places, you end up being more of a loving more of a more nurturing and more like feisty, I think, than people that live in cold areas, which are cold, not as, not as, uh, how would, what I say in, in, in English, uh, not as uh, like uh, grabbing and, and loving and sharing. And you know what I mean? Like, mm, you know what I mean? Like, I think Latinos are just like very, you know what I mean? Powerful and, uh, spicy and uh, fiery humans you know what i mean and especially in puerto rico and how, how do puerto rican families feel about dating a white woman <laughs> i think maybe back in the day it was it was something that was kind of overlooked or not not you know what i mean it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the the thing but nowadays there's we have <clears throat> we have a lot of american people here nowadays you know what i mean it's uh uh there's so it's normal that puerto ricans end up with american women and stuff like that i don't know right now we're actually suffering from a little bit of uh what's that what's that word called right now we there's we have a, a law right now that just passed like two years ago that's called the act 20 the act 22 yeah. which is uh letting americans come to the island and they pay a 4% on tax. So basically Puerto Rico right now is a tax haven. So there's, they're making where I live and um, a bunch of places in Puerto Rico, basically a huge real estate bubble. So it's, it's crazy how much money is coming in here because there's so many Americans that are trying to evade taxes and are moving here and they're paying crazy prices for places that you used to pay very little to rent. So, oh, that's a word I was looking. There's, is it, is it said there's a lot of gentrification? Is that, is that the word? Is that the word, right? This is a very good word. Yes, that's the word. Yeah, that's so, there's a lot of gentrification happening in the sense that a lot of people that used to live in these areas can't afford them anymore. And they're having to move inland or into the mountains because that's the only place that they can afford. That happened to the poor whites in America. Everyone moved into the mountains, since the Appalachian Mountains. Hey, how, <clears throat> how are gringos from the mainland received in Puerto Rico? Depends. I think it's I think it's kind of the same as when you go to Hawaii. You know what I mean? If 
if you don't show respect, you're going home. You know what I mean? It's so funny that Chaz was actually on the on the call earlier about oh, fuck, maybe 10 years ago. Uh, Chaz wrote an article for Transworld. And I'll never forget this. It was a it was an article for Transworld about Jamie O'Brien, and the headline was the strong stay in stay in Hawaii and the weak move to Puerto Rico. Ooh. And I was, I remember me and my friend Brian Toth were just livid. We were so fucking pissed. And we had heard that Chaz was in WA. We were in WA. And we confronted Chaz and we're like, what the hell are you writing this? Have you been to Puerto Rico? Like, you're disrespecting and you have no idea how gnarly Puerto Rico is. Like, you guys are tripping. Like, why the hell did you write that? And he was just like, oh man, I was just, it just kind of rhymed with the whole thing. You know what I mean? So uh, we were livid though. We were so pissed because man, it's it, Puerto Rico's heavy. You know what I mean? Puerto Rico is no joke. You know what I mean? There's, there's a lot of people that get killed. There's a lot of, there's a lot of gang violence. There's a lot of drug, drug, drug violence. So it's, it's definitely, it's, it's, it's heavy. You know what I mean? You don't want to be caught in the wrong place. That's for sure. What would you have done to Chaz? What would you and Brian have done, done to Chaz if he had gotten a bit lippy? Oh, if it would have gotten lippy, I think we would have ganged up on him. We would have, I know I know Chaz fights, but we would have put him on a, on a chokehold or something like that and beat him up. <laughs> I told him he didn't learn jiu-jitsu. Is he, 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 he get he, out of your choke. He, he, is he all jiu-jitsu now? No, nah, he's not jiu-jitsu at all. He's all, um, I think he's doing Muay Thai. Oh, he's a Muay Thai. Also, Muay Thai is always going for, go front, so we could just, just go sideways on him. Yeah, but then they just spin around, little little leg kick. Yeah, but he's a, he's a big he's a big guy. I remember when we saw him, we we're like, "Fuck it, I don't care if he's big. We're we're gonna go talk to him. We we gotta tell him our point of view." Like that's <laughs> that's our whole, whole thing. We're like, "No, dude, we got we gotta tell him our point of view. Like, there's no way. Like, we're not gonna let this slide. If there's anything, Derek, I can tell you about Puerto Ricans is we are probably the most prideful humans you'll ever meet. Like. It's such a small island, but we have the biggest hearts. We are so proud to be Puerto Rican. We we live, breathe our flag. There's no chance that that we'd be we would like to get disrespected. Chaz, you missed out, dude. I was talking about you. I don't oh, know. When I, you... talk, when I shit talk, when I shit talk Puerto Rico. Yeah, <laughs> dude. You just, you just missed out, man. I was talking. We were talking about how me and Brian saw you in WA, and we're like confronting you like why the hell did you have to write when uh the strong state in hawaii the weak move to puerto rico i like, remember that i <laughs> totally remember that that's so fun oh memories yeah <laughs> yeah what so, did i say what did i say at the time i can't even remember did i say i'm doing you guys a favor i, I want people to come to puerto rico yeah it was i dude it was that shit was like i don't know maybe like 10 12 years ago i was like i i went to wa when i was I think 23 or maybe not, maybe 22 or something like that. So I was really young, but yeah, I just, I just, we were just livid that you had said um, the week moved to Puerto Rico. And I was like, dude, have you fucking been to Puerto Rico? You know how gnarly Puerto Rico is. Like, like I, I know that you wrote, wrote, wrote it. Cause it was like, it went along with your story maybe, or it was kind of catchy, but from our perspective, it was like, I told her, I told her. Uh, Chaz, Chaz, we lost, we lost your brother. No. Can you hear me? 
You and your yeah. woman, your wamba, fucking uh, trip to Lamore. She just, she just shut the hell yeah. up. You just shut the hell up. Yeah. Um, but, but Ali, can you, um, can you just um, talk us out with a little, little pitch to a potential sponsor who could be listening to this? And this is your, this is your two minute um, elevator pitch. This talk is my about. elevator pitch. Um, well, I, like I said before, I feel like there's Latinos are coming up. You know what I mean? I don't know if you listen to reggaeton or know a little bit. Do you know who Bad Bunny is? No, he's Bad Bunny. Dude, come on, man. Like, you're killing me, man. Look, Bad Bunny is the most uh, streamed artist in the whole book, Spotify. He's oh, really? the, Yeah, he's the biggest artist right now. And he's from Puerto Rico. And he, he, it, he, he sings reggaeton, which is the music that comes from my island. So if this were my pitch, I would say that you guys are blowing it. You guys need a sponsor, a Puerto Rican or a Latino. Uh, it, it doesn't get any funner. We inspire, we love, we, we, we teach, we, ins- we, we have this type of bravado, this personality that you want to be hanging out with us. You want to be with us. And I know with this type of uh, personality, with this type of lifestyle, with this, with this uh, flow, I can guarantee you that you would want to buy some baggies, you would want to buy some t-shirts, and uh, you want to be associated with me. That's beautiful. I'm, I'm, I'm in. Uh, well, well, let's make a brand, Derek. What are we doing? Well, we can uh, we can put a little beach sticker on your board. <clears throat> like I'm down. Did, like we did with, kind of with Kyle Valley, but that just that ended in failure. What happened there? <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, I wish Chad, because Chaz was sort of more involved in it than me, but he, uh, but Kyle had the people sticker. So everyone put in money to get the uh, the nose position on his surfboard. But then, no I think he, then I just think he just fucking lost about 40 heats in a row. So it was a... Uh, you know what he did like a he did like a GoFundMe or something. Well, we did it, um, Chaz and uh, David Scales from the Grit, and um, they got I think people put in ten grand or fifteen grand, <clears throat> and then um, so we got the sticker on the nose of his board, just because it was funny in a WSL contest that you know Beach Grit was uh, sponsoring one of their surfers, but um, Kai didn't get too many uh, heat winning uh, interviews. What do you what do you? You guys that are in the social media, what do you guys look for in somebody that you would like to represent your band brand or be a, be an ambassador? You know what I mean? Like from your perspective, what do you look for? Is it is it all just Instagram followers? Is, is it all just what their their um, their ROIs to reach people? You know what I mean? Like what is it? What is it you look for? Like me asking from your perspective. Hmm. If I was a brand. I would be looking for someone who could sell my trunks to people beyond surfing. So there'd be something about them, whether they were engaging people in all, all, all the social channels and whatever. But, you know, you look at people who got a million followers, how many of those are real? I mean, I always look at the engagement. Someone got, I got a hundred thousand followers and they have a hundred likes, you know? So That's, I know I, I, I seen that stuff too. And I'm just like that there's, there's zero engagement there. You know what I mean? Like, like one of my strong pitches when I pitched to, uh, two brands is that I have a surf academy. I do a, I do a, an event for kids. You know what I mean? So what more would you want from an athlete that's actually creating your brand from grassroots, from, from inspiring kids from a young age to when they grow up, they're going to, they're going to associate the brand with you and what they've seen since they were young. So they're going to want to keep buying that. Right. 
Yeah, possibly. I mean, Visla always Visla when they started had this great idea that they'd sponsor the hottest kid on each beach. You know, not necessarily the kid with the best results, but just the coolest kid on the beach. And uh, so they didn't have a big roster of expensive surf stars. But they had all the cool kids around all the beaches around the world. I thought that was um, pretty smart way to go. Do, that you, do you think that worked? Yeah, I mean, Visla went from from nothing, you know, a, a newly started company to to pretty big. But you feel that it went to pretty big just because Paul Nade had all the had all the connections from Billabong back in the day. Yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, and, and yeah, there's the knowledge and the skill and you know to produce ranges and to get them in the stores on time and to be exactly like they looked in the catalog. All those things people forget. Like honestly, I don't think you need any surfers on your team. <laughs> people, are know, buy, people are just gonna buy trunks, you're gonna buy trunks from anywhere, you know. I'll buy it from H&M, all sorts of places. I was, uh, I did a, I did a podcast yesterday too with, uh, with uh, WSL. And uh, one of the questions that they asked me was about Andy when I wrote for Billabong, which I wrote for Billabong for 10 years. And uh, when the, when Andy passed away, I, I told him, I was like, man, like when Andy passed away, I didn't feel the same about Billabong. And uh, I didn't know Andy had such a big impact on me on Billabong. I mean, like I, I thought Billabong was that so freaking cool because of Andy Aaron's. I, when they ask, what, oh, what trunks you want? I just wanted all of Andy's trunks because I, I thought he was such a freaking idol. He was so raw, so hardcore. Like he, he was such a freaking legend that I actually, I even if I didn't ride for them, I'd probably buy the trunks because of him. So but nowadays, it feels like there, it's there's so much happening with all this social media crap and and Instagram and and who has followers and the algorithm and all these stupid things. Like, like that's what I feel like. But here, I feel in Puerto Rico, like man, like I like from the show, for example, I've had so many kids there in the ages from seven to ten to twelve to thirteen. They're so psyched that I'm just like, wow, like. That those are the people that you want to inspire. Those are the people that are actually going to buy stuff because of you. You know what I mean? That's what I feel like. You know? Mm. Maybe just going to get back in the cockfight game with your daddy. <laughs> Dude, there's good money. No, actually, in the last uh, was it last year or I think last year they just passed a law that uh, cockfights are banned. So we we're we're a commonwealth from the United States. So they just passed this law in the United States and it just started to, to come about here in Puerto Rico in uh, this, this year. So they're, they're doing a bunch of illegal cockfights around all of Puerto Rico. I, I don't think my dad's into them. I'm sure but... you're into that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy. If, you, if you'd come down uh, right next to the airport, there's a huge stadium that says cockfights. Like, I'm going to send, Derek, I'm going to send you a picture. You're going to fucking laugh. <laughs> All right, Ali, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure. And uh, and good luck getting a sponsor. Don't hold your breath, you. to be honest. But if I can uh, get into the cockfights, and um, it was lovely to, to meet you and your, um, and your hot girlfriend. Derek, thank you so much again for having me on your show. It's a true honor. I'm a fan. Thank you for letting me talk story and uh, share my story with you and uh, giving me this platform to, to reach all a lot of people that I probably would never reach if it weren't for you guys. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys. It's a true honor. 
hope we can do something else in the future. Maybe it's a live on Instagram or whatnot and keep talking shit because I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, let's keep on, let's keep on collaborating. All right, man. See you later. Have a good day. Take care, buddy. If you're into sports betting, bet online is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets, during games, or futures for who you think will win the championship, bet online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.